the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, this is kind of cool. I was thinking about doing a random start for the show this morning here uh, in this 8 o'clock hour anyway. And, man, I just saw a note from uh, Edward in uh, via Twitter, Edward in the Flathead. He says, hey, I think Aaron Flint's going to be down there highlighting Montana businesses on his radio show. So I saw that tweet from uh, from Edward Cope, and I thought, yeah, that's right. Hey, thanks for flagging that one for us, Chief. So I was like, well, I wonder who he's talking to. I wonder who he was replying to. And, uh, yeah, it's our friend Rob O'Neill. Rob O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden from Butte, Montana. Uh, Rob O'Neill is uh, apparently flying to Vegas for the SHOT Show. He's never been to the SHOT Show <laughs> I'll bet you his supply guy was there every year, though. Well, that's all right. Those supply guys are important. Uh, they, man, they, and they find the good toys for you and things that shooters like Rob O'Neill would need. So, uh, yeah, I was just in the middle of uh, typing up a quick little reply to that thread. And then I was like, oh, man, we're on the air. we got to get, get rolling here. But, yeah, that's what I love about the SHOT Show. You never know who all you're going to run into. I did get an email from... Andy Mansour. Andy Mansour is the CEO of Brickstill Defense, and they're going to be down there, of course. Well, we already knew that because when, when we talked to him about the big news out of Glendive, Montana, that, that Brickstill Defense is moving a $125 million ammo manufacturing facility to Glendive, Montana. Uh, huge news for our friends in Glendive. Uh, so he, he joined us on the radio the day after that announcement was made and told him we were going to get the SHOT Show. And he said, yeah, we'll be down there. And he's going to have uh, some of his, his key uh, team members down there as well. So I uh, just got an email from Andy Mansour and Bristol Defense. And they're going to stop by and see us on Radio Row at the SHOT Show later this week. Attorney General Austin Knutson is going to be down there. Governor Greg Gianforte is going to be down there. So uh, it's going to be a great time. But, yeah, you just never know who all is going to be there. Uh, and uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, is going to be there with us for all three days, sidekicking with me to, so that, uh, you know, we, we can crosstalk in the middle of, of breaks between uh, different guests joining us on the program and more. All right, let's see. Uh, random start for the 8 o'clock hour of the show here. We've got the phone lines open for you, 406 294 Let's see. Uh, the the president of Argentina. I got a couple of messages that have come in on our Montana Talks app. The president of Argentina, Javier Mille, gave an incredible speech in Davos last week at the World Economic Forum, where he basically said the Western world is in danger, and it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism. And he was talking about how how some of these people, even those well-intentioned people, those well-meaning individuals, how they end up embracing very destructive policies. And uh, anyway, Andy and Whitefish says, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Clay, listening to the show down in Georgetown, Texas, gets back to Billings tomorrow. Uh, he had an interesting message about the president of Argentina as well. Made a really good point that flies in stark contrast to the climate hypocrite John Kerry. So uh, literally flies in contrast. I'll share that one with you after the break. 
The biggest gun and outdoor gear show in the world is coming up in Las Vegas. The Big Shot Show. Well, you know a bunch of us Montanans are going to once again be in the house for the big event. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Next week, three days of live shows from the SHOT Show plus coverage on our radio station websites from the SHOT Show in Vegas as well. Are you going to be there? Do you know somebody who's going to be there? Send them our way. Check out the details of our show location. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got a great caller on the phone lines uh, to kick off our 8 o'clock hour of the show for you here this morning, 406-294-0970, if you want to jump in on the conversation as well. I didn't even mean to, to use that pun there. It just kind of just flew out. <laughs> but uh, I was saying how this message we got from from old Clay. Clay is a retired Army. He's listening in Georgetown, Texas, but he returns home to... Uh, Billings, Montana tomorrow, but uh, he he uh, sent us a message about the uh, the president of Argentina, Javier Milei, and I, I think I saw a headline uh, about this as well. But in this, so the Wall Street Journal, for those of you who missed it, the Wall Street Journal on their opinion page, where they normally put guest opinion columns, they they put what looks like a guest opinion column from Argentina. Our Argentinian President Javier Millet, but instead it's actually excerpts in English from his speech at the World Economic Forum in Davos. And and he was basically talking about how, you know, these these well-intentioned do-gooders that just wanted to help people, they instituted these collectivist, eventually socialistic policies that basically ended up destroying uh, countries, that destroyed entire nations, that destroy communities, that destroy lives. And he talked about how how they did just that in Argentina. When we adopted the model of freedom back in 1860, in 35 years, we became a leading world power. And when we embraced collectivism over the course of the last 100 years, we saw how our citizens started to become systematically impoverished. And we dropped to spot number 140 globally. So basically, here is here is. This newly elected president of Argentina, who Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, as Tim and Billings pointed out, basically uh, did not like Millet, did, did not like Millet's election and started attacking Millet because Klaus Schwab sees Millet as a threat. He sees freedom fighters all over the world as a threat to their state control, for their their goals of state control. And so uh, so, so Millet literally uh, flies right into the viper's den. <laughs> this pit of snakes at the World Economic Forum and then just 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 slaps them right in their faces in in front of them. 
Now, you got to at least say, hey, good job on their part by allowing him to speak there and good job by uh, allowing the, the president of the Heritage Foundation to speak there as well. But apparently when he flew in to Davos, remember, there were 150 private jets that were landing every day in Davos. You know, here's John Kerry coming in on his own jet, right? You know, the climate hypocrite. There were so many of these climate hypocrites that were there. Climate change, climate change, and democracy. There were a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, According to old Clay, and I think I saw a news headline about this as well. uh, Clay says that he read that the president of Argentina and four of his staffers flew to Davos coach. They flew coach class on Lufthansa Air. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure I saw that headline as well, and it wouldn't surprise me. See, uh, you know, and, and he's not out there preaching climate change, climate change, climate change. And yet, uh, you know, John Kerry and the rest of these hypocrites, these climate hypocrites, uh, fly private or they fly first class. And, and even just by flying, they're burning a whole bunch of carbon dioxide. Uh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. All right, let's go into the phone lines. We got Mike in Big Timber. Mike, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Well, first off, I'd like to say, Aaron, thanks for taking my call. And the highlight of last year was you sitting in that seat in that F-18 trying to maintain. Oh, man, I tell you, I, I try not to bring it up too much because people think I'm just rubbing it in or bragging. But that was just incredible. I mean, I could retire today and, and I, I've i had a great career because I got to fly with the Blue Angels. <laughs> so well, thank the reason for the call is um, I heard on the news about a, um, a candidate for what is called the New Labels Party. And I remember, um, I guess it was towards the end of uh, the last year, a young lady called in and was very upset about labels. She, she didn't particularly care for people being labeled. Do you remember that call? Yeah, I, I think she particularly didn't like the fact that the term liberal, she must identify as liberal. She didn't like the fact that liberal has become such a, a negative label now. It has such a bad uh, connotation to it. So I think so I think she was mad about the term liberal being used because apparently she still identifies as one. Well, in the same breath, she called herself a, a blue-collar Democrat. And I thought to myself, excuse me, ma'am, you just put a label on yourself. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and I just wonder... If she realizes who has been labeled a MAGA, deplorable, Bible-toting, gun-wielding, Walmart shopping. You remember all that? Racist white evangelicals in Iowa, uh, according to... Yeah. By the way, Joy yeah. Reid Reed was the racist on MSNBC who uttered those remarks. And I was wondering, did she did she borrow bleach bit from Hillary Clinton to bleach her hair blonde <laughs> like that? Is, did she use Hillary's bleach bit? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> Well, the whole thing I wanted, and I hope this young lady is listening, now there's a party she can join. She doesn't have to be a, a blue-collar Democrat. She can actually join this no-labels party. And I've heard there's a candidate um, that will be on the uh, Democrat uh, primary uh, ticket. I don't know the person's name, but I hear this party is fired up. Well, isn't it? So Joe Manchin is uh, flirting with this no-labels party. But isn't it also kind of funny? Like, So if you're a part of the no-labels group, um, isn't that now your new label? Your new label is no labels. So, uh, again, that's the height of irony. Yeah, well, that's the height of hypocrisy, if, if you ask me. You just mentioned people at the World Economic Forum, and the worst is this Klaus Schwab. Man's a Nazi. There's no two ways about it. Well, I mean, in my opinion. the soundbite from this guy, and, and, you know, you hate to pick on somebody with an accent, but it sounded really creepy when he's in that, that accent saying... Why do we need elections? We just, uh, you know, actually that 
sounded different. That, that wasn't a good impersonation. But anyway, he was basically talking about doing away with elections while he's interviewing the Google guy. Mike, stand by. I'll come back to you after the break. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. Some Republicans criticized Democrats last fall for not intervening to help former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy save his job. Granted, it is not the role of the minority to salvage the majority party speaker. And it's doubtful that Republicans would have ever voted to help former Speaker Nancy Pelosi if she was on the ropes. But a handful of House Democrats say they'd step in to assist House Speaker Mike Johnson if push ever comes to shove. Democrats say they would be willing to consider helping Johnson if the Speaker set up a special agreement with House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Democrats would want more power and a voice in legislation. A senior House Democratic leadership source said they would have helped McCarthy in the fall had he ever extended the least bit of an olive branch to the Democrats. Or as the source put it, quote, even winked at the Democrats. Some House conservatives are now getting restless about potentially trying to oust Johnson if he doesn't satisfy their demands. All it takes is one member to make a motion to have a vote to vacate the speakership. Johnson never tried to change the House rule since he became Speaker last October. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. When you take a look at all the subscription services that you've signed up for, it's probably a good idea to ask yourself, do you really need to keep paying for them? Perhaps it's time to review what you have and see what you can trim, like that streaming service which has gone up in price. Determine which ones you watch and ditch the ones you don't. Or how about all of those shopping memberships? You might be an Amazon Prime member which offers a batch of perks, including exclusive deals on online purchases. But do you have to be a year-long member. Instead, think about canceling your Prime service and signing up closer to the time when Amazon offers sales for Prime Day, Black Friday, or the end of the year. Or how about that gym membership you might not be using? Or if you're paying a monthly charge for cloud storage, say with Google Drive or Dropbox, you might want to consider a free service instead. And don't forget to go through those mobile apps you signed up for, but don't use or music subscriptions. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Taking your calls live, 406-294-097. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, good. I convinced Mike and Big Timber to stick around. I mean, he, he's being very gracious. He's like, no, let's get some other callers on here. And, and, yeah, we do have the phone lines open for you right now, 294-0970, if you got something you want to talk about. And at the risk of, of drawing some seminar callers, as what Rush would have referred to them, I, I want to know, you know, from legitimate real folks that, that you truly you were backing – uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over President Donald J. Trump in the the Republican primary. Now that DeSantis has officially withdrawn from the race and is fully endorsing Donald J. Trump, uh, I'm, my assumption is that anybody who is going to vote for Ron DeSantis now clearly would would all would vote for for Donald Trump. I don't see how you could go to a Nikki Haley. Uh, but I'd be interested in hearing from you, 294-0970. Uh, Mike and Big Timber, I'm, I'm glad you stuck around because I wanted to get your take. Ahead of the SHOT Show, I know you've called in before and, and you tune in regularly to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. And I'm hoping to see Tom again later this week. So I, I kind of want to get your take. What what issues, what topics should we be looking to talk about at the SHOT Show later this week? But first, there was there was something you said that, that got me laughing. That's why I did the bleach bit joke about Joy Reid bleaching her hair with Hillary Clinton's bleach bit. So 
for you you remember this because you served so you know how important protecting classified information is hillary clinton she was transmitting top secret sensitive documents over unclassified servers uh massive abuse uh i mean if she was just a, a junior enlisted soldier sailor airman or, or marine she would have been she'd still be in leavenworth right now um but she broke out hammers and bleach bit to destroy evidence uh of 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 her crimes um this one was interesting i in fact i sent out uh, this tweet a couple hours ago did hillary show up with the hammer how convenient. This is a foxnews.com piece here. The House January 6th committee deleted more than 100 encrypted files just days before the GOP took over the majority in Congress. So they, they deleted all these encrypted files. There was evidence that they didn't want the new Republican majority to see about January 6th. Huh? How convenient, huh? Well, of course. Then the, the videos that have come out, all these other videos that are showing you know that uh, certain people weren't doing what uh, they were charged with these these are these are very evil people and they want to stay in power my friend they just don't want to give up power that's right and we've got another year of this and even if a republican um is elected no matter who it is then you still have what two months of of mayhem that they're going to try to you know uh and engage in it's 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 very it's very bad. The Democrat Party is a very bad party, and I can't come up with a life of me see why anybody would vote for a Democrat. And I don't care at what level. They're evil and, and all levels, city, state, whatever. And you're I, talking I know- about the elected officials, not the not the the, the run of the mill, because there's there's still some good Democrat voters. That are just right. that are just mis you know uh, they're misled they that were they you know they 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 still think you know that this is the party this this is the the FDR Democrat Party from thirty years ago or forty years ago it is not uh, this this oh. is <laughs> completely off the rails uh, so before I get to our next callers uh, Mike I know you tune in frequently to to gun talk on the weekends on the radio. I'm hoping to see Tom again later this week. But what do you, what do you think would be some good questions or topics to bring up up with him? I know there's concern about ammo manufacturers being sold overseas. We've got good news about Montana and an ammo manufacturer coming here, but that's a topic. What are some others? Well, the last um, show, and I th- I think it was the last show. It may have been the one before that, where the price for people who like to reload. The price of powder and primers is going through the roof and may not even be available. So that would be something I would uh, press him on. Yeah. Yep. I remember, yeah, somebody had had emailed me about that one, powders and and primer cost of those things. Yeah, no, that's a a good point. And then some of the public policy stuff, the latest on the court battles, I know um, Tom will have the latest on. And then he also kind of knows what some of the latest cool guns and toys are because I've joked, like, I I don't deserve to be at the SHOT Show. I mean, it's only because I have a radio show, just like flying with the Blue Angels. I I got to fly with them because they they have uh, two media spots. So because I have a, a radio show, that's how I got to do it. Probably helped that I was a veteran, but look, if they were picking the best veteran, I would have been at the bottom of the list, right? And so SHOT Show is the same thing. Like, man, I fired the gun they issued to me, the guns they issued to me, and and uh, and that was my job. But I, I didn't have time or money to be playing with all these other cool guns and toys. So, so uh, you know, so but there's some guys that are down at the SHOT Show, man, they got... Their house is filled with cool guns, but so I'm just uh, so so blessed and so fortunate to get a chance to be in the room, uh, and and bring you there 
through our radio show as well. Mike, thanks for the call. Let's see. Let's go next. We've got uh, Frank in the Flathead. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I've heard Frank call in before, I think, uh, in support of Ron DeSantis. So, Frank, what do you think now? Well, absolutely. I, I, yeah, Ron DeSantis was clearly the principled conservative with a real record of success and uh, being a real fighter. Uh, obviously, you know, at this point, uh, you know, Nikki Haley's the option. I'm not going to pick her, so Trump's, Trump's it. But the problem with the primary is, uh, you know, we never really, Trump's never really faced tough questions in this primary. He avoided the debates. Uh, all the media, all the conservative media is afraid to ask Trump a tough question. And there are questions that Trump should have been asked during this primary. Why was he such a big, a fiscal reckless spender? He signed the CARES Act plus a lot of other continuing resolutions. He was very weak on COVID, even after he was given good, credible information to pivot away from what his federal bureaucrats were doing. He was not letting governors do that. He had, while he was saying governors could do whatever they want public-wise, his administration was going to local public uh, health agencies and pressuring them to continue the lockdowns. And that. Well, and that's why what we've got to do is I'm we've got to we've got to totally we've got to totally uh, dismantle the deep state and. You know, and in some some of these cases where, okay, even if you want to fire some of these bureaucrats, you can't based based. And I think we I think we need to change some of that because even in state government right now. okay, like, Frank, if we made you a cabinet member of Governor Gianforte's cabinet, you might think, oh, great, I'm going to go in. I'm going to fix this and I'm going to fix that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Um, You don't get to fire anybody and you don't even get to hire anybody right off the bat. You don't get to come in and say, all right, well, this is my team and I'm going to put this guy here and I'm going to put her there and this person's going to run that outfit. And so until we reform that, which is what I think Donald Trump's going to do with a passion now. um, I'm saying we need to reform our own conservative media. There's there was everyone is afraid to ask Trump a question. Trump is very transactional and his kryptonite is flattery. I think Donald Trump has faced nothing but questions. He's faced nothing but questions since his entire time in politics. Not during the primary. No. I don't know. I mean, the Daily Wire had critical coverage of had critical coverage of Donald Trump. They were they weren't afraid. Was probably the only one. Jeremy Boring was a DeSantis supporter this year. Ben Shapiro indicated he was too. But I'm I'm just saying that it's a bad situation where you have a leader that's above reproach. And his own party is afraid to ask him questions. He's surrounded with a bunch of suck-ups. So but I, I'm uh, but for you're Trump. voting don't, for don't Trump. Don't get me wrong. I, I voted for Trump twice. I'm going to vote for him again. I'm just saying it's a, it's a bad situation we're in. Well, that's and, uh, that's the important part is moving forward. I mean, I mean, look, we can talk again in in twenty twenty eight about you know who the who the candidate should be now, but but now this well, DeSantis is up. <laughs> yeah, Klaus Schwab has his way. That's right. All right, Frank. Hey, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you. Uh, yeah, so there you go. There's one Ron DeSantis supporter, and he's called in before, um, recognized the name and and the voice there, and so he yeah he's he's not saying Nikki Haley. Uh, he's not saying Nikki Haley, is he? Very interesting. Frank, thanks for the call. 406-294-0970, the number for you. Uh, let's see. And then we got a guest uh, joining us at 840 here, um, getting a lot of uh, a video that she posted on Facebook, getting a lot of attention out of Glasgow, Montana. Uh, anyway, about the you know forced transitioning of, of their daughter. Uh, crazy story. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Gary in Billings uh, next up. Uh, Gary, thanks for the call. Yeah, good morning, Aaron. Thanks for taking my call. Um, as you know, John Kerry is going to be Joe Biden's campaign manager. And uh, it kind of brings to the point 
Uh, remember that movie with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, Three Grumpy Old Men? Oh, yeah, that for sure, be, yeah. That would be uh, Joe Biden, John Kerry, and uh, uh, the other guy in the Senate, Chuck Schumer. So doesn't that fit the bill of, of that movie that was was uh, really bringing point about old men? Uh, you know, I don't know. The, the, except for those guys were kind of funny. I mean, you know, they, they were funny. You could laugh at them. We can't laugh at what's going on in this country right now. But I appreciate where you're coming from. I, I wonder, you know, I was I was thinking this, too, about some of these these old washed out liberal judges and liberal Supreme Court activists here in Montana. How many drugs did these guys do in the 70s? Because they're they're just out of their minds. You know, it's like these these washed out old drug addicts from the 70s. I feel like is, is who's running this country right now. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it just so seems so awful. Uh, and now we're getting back to uh, Rosenberg might enter the race for uh, the Senate. And this brings up another quagmire of splitting the vote uh, if Rosendale and, and Tim Sheedy go head-to-head. So it, it just seemed like there's just no joy in Jonesville that we can really count on to get this country going back the right side where it should be. So are you one of the folks, I've heard from a lot of folks who are big fans of Congressman Matt Rosendale in the Eastern District and what he's doing, and they want him to stay in the House. They're afraid that if he runs for the Senate, he loses that race again, like in 2018. And then what do you get in the House to replace him? Are you one of those folks? Well, it's kind of think that Matt Rosendale did a lot of good deal, but now we got uh, Ken Brown, uh, we got uh, three or four people running for that Senate. So uh, he's kind of in the hot seat. Does he go forward or backwards? Uh, I just hope he does stay in the House. Yeah, that's interesting. That's what I've been hearing from a, a lot of his supporters as well. And uh, the Democrats are openly attacking Sheehy because they're afraid of Sheehy. Hmm. And the Democrats are trying to tell Democrats to vote for Nikki Haley because they think Nikki Haley is the easier one to beat, right? This is the Montana Economic Minute. California is home to many very smart, in some cases very rich people. It also contains some of the most expensive and dysfunctional housing markets in the country. In San Francisco, for example, approval for a recent residential project required 87 different permits, a thousand days of meetings, and a half million dollars in fees. There's got to be a better way. Here's one few had thought of, starting over from scratch. California has a wonderful climate and is home to high-tech industries that rule the world. So why not, some of those high-tech folks thought, buy up some developable land and build a brand new city. And that's exactly what they're doing. On the outer reaches of the Bay Area, the newly announced California Forever Project envisions a city that can ultimately house 400,000 people, built with less parking, more density, and more multimodal transportation corridors. In other words, an urban planner's dream come to life. Can it compete with traditional cities? And housing it can't do much worse. I'm Patrick Berkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Uh, put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov slash reach. That's va.gov slash reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council.
This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, you should have our guest joining us here any second, but let me uh, keep uh, taking some phone calls in the meantime uh, here. Uh, uh, by the way, our guest, uh, there's a Give, Send, Go uh, web link now that I just found. Help the Colsteads fight medical kidnap of minor. Uh, there's a Give, Send, Go page. Now, some of you may have seen this video that kind of went viral on Facebook uh, from the Colstead family in Glasgow, Montana. Uh, but that's who we should be talking with here in just a second. But first, let's sneak in another caller. We've got Christopher in Lewistown uh, talking about the Senate uh, potential Senate primary here in Montana. Christopher, what do you want to share? Thanks for calling. Oh, good morning, Aaron. Um, I just wanted to share, I, I uh, take that same sentiment that I think Rosendale is doing a great job in Congress and that he should stay in the House and that uh, she, he uh, should be who we're looking for to get Tester out of there. Because a vote for Tester is a vote for open borders, you know, and that's just the way that I feel. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. Uh, I mentioned this last week. Uh, according to one of my sources uh, back in D.C., the Democrats are spending a million dollars a week attacking Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy. Well, why are they only attacking Sheehy and not Rosendale? Which is also kind of like, well, why are Democrats and liberal media outlets urging uh, urging Democrat voters to vote in the open primary for Nikki Haley? Huh, if they thought Nikki Haley was the candidate that was easier to beat, they wouldn't be backing Nikki Haley. And and I think liberal Senator John Tester is very afraid. And Christopher, you're a fellow veteran. You know how important the veterans vote and the veterans voices here in Montana. And so I, I think that's why liberal Senator John Tester is so afraid to face Tim Sheehy. That's why Tester is funneling uh, his money to attack uh, the, the Navy SEAL veteran in the race. And whereas you're right. I think a lot of our listeners, hey, they love the fact that Matt Rosendale, we love the fact that he voted against the, this latest continuing resolution. Shut down the border or shut down the government? Because effectively, government is shut down anyway with our border wide open. 100%. Now, the other thing I see a lot of veterans will resound with is Tester hasn't done a lot for veterans, even though he's on the Veterans Committee, and that... Uh, a fellow veteran getting in there that actually knows what we're dealing with with the mess of uh, the VA here in Montana. I think he's got a, a feather in his cap there being a veteran and would probably push Tester out. That's right. And I did see it via Twitter as well several days ago that that uh, Tim Sheehy also said he was opposed uh, to this latest continuing resolution as well. Uh, Christopher, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's uh, we've got our guest now on the phone line. So to our other callers, uh, apologize, but I, I we did schedule a guest here right at this time. Uh, let's see. Krista Colstead is now on the phone lines with us, and I've had a number of our listeners. Uh, send us, send me this link, send me this Facebook video. Hey, Aaron, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this story? What the heck is going on? And, and why would this be happening in Montana? Now, I don't know too much about this story myself, uh, but but I have uh, uh, been made aware of it. But there is now a Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go is like a fundraising platform, but it's better than GoFundMe. Uh, Give, Send, Go. Uh, here's the headline. 
help the Colsteads fight medical kidnap of minor. Uh, let's see. Uh, this and the the author of this Give Send Go page says I am setting up this Give Send Go campaign for my brother and sister in law who have fallen victim to the forced trans ideology, government and medical tyranny that resulted in the medical kidnapping of their 14-year-old child in Montana. Krista, thanks for calling in this morning. Thank you. Well, I guess, you know, tell us, you know, a lot of our listeners, some may have seen your video, some haven't. So for, for folks who aren't familiar with your story, I guess, you know, big picture, what would you tell them you've, you're, you've been facing and what's going on with your daughter? Well, first I have to say that my husband and I did post the video, but we were ordered to take it down. Um, since then, I know it's been reposted, but I don't know by who. So that doesn't have anything to do with Todd and I personally, because we are under a, um, we're not supposed to post the video, if that makes any sense. Really? So the, um, the court has, has forced you to take down the Facebook video where you shared your story and your concerns. But uh, yeah, I think I saw somebody, one of our listeners said that it's on, somebody else had posted it to Rumble or something in the meantime. Yeah, and I don't know who did that, um, but it's out there. And you, people need to watch the video. They need to know what's going on. And this cannot happen in Montana, of all places. You know, we have to be aware of what's going on and, and stop this. So we know, I mean, kids have so many struggles. Uh, being a kid is tough no matter what times you're living in. But being a kid now is really tough times because there's so many different pressures. There's so many different things that are going. We had all the COVID shutdowns. You, you, you get all these societal influences with this radical transgender stuff. And, you know, kids are going to be confused, especially as they're, you know, entering that, you know, you know, puberty and things like that. Uh, so so it's it's. You know, it's so kids are going to have challenges, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And it sounds like mm -hmm. it sounds like that's that's something your family's been going through. It is. And we understand that. And our and our point is, um, you know, if you're going to be transgender and you do it as an adult, that is fine. But we're talking about a child who has problems and you've allowed her to transition socially. Um, they have not given her hormones or puberty blockers, but they have allowed everything. But for instance, she's allowed to wear a chest binder. She's allowed to um, have men's clothes, change her name, change her pronouns. She's in an all-boys group at a school. At church, she presents herself as, as a boy. So was your, was your, so your daughter wants to identify as a boy. Was, was your daughter removed from your home? Uh, tell us kind of the backstory of how this became a legal battle. Sure. So just to catch you up on things, on August 18th of 23, um, our daughter had gotten in trouble that day, and she and we know we have an adolescent girl in our hands who has some behavior issues and some mental illness problems that we've been working through as a family and, and getting her help for all along. So that day she had gotten in trouble, so she had been texting a friend that she um, met once in person at a track meet and since then had only had phone contact with. And she told this little girl that she wanted to kill herself, and she had ingested toilet bowl cleaner and Tylenol. So um, the police ended up calling our house at exactly 1.48 p.m. I have a whole timeline documented. And he said, you know, the police officer informed me that our daughter had said these incidents to, to another child. So I checked in with our daughter while the police officer was on the phone. And um, I didn't feel that she had done those things, but I, I told the officer I would keep an eye on her and, and kind of go from there. So at that point... Um, 
we thought, you know, we knew that we had an upset teenager on our hands, but we didn't realize what was going on behind the scenes. Apparently, um, Children's Services was called because the officer could not lay eyes on the child or speak to the child, even though the officer didn't ask to come to our house or talk to her directly. If he wanted to talk to her, I would have handed him the phone. So at that point, it's now 7.40 at night, the same night, August 18th, and um, a worker from CPS, I, I name her in the video, her name is Cindy, came, comes to our house and, um, you know, has some questions for us and things like that. And my husband and I had never been in this situation before, so we were a little taken aback. And I, I kept telling her, I'm like, I'm not sure what you, what am I supposed to do? Do you want to see my house? So I gave her a tour of the house. Even like showed her my personal bedroom because I was like, do you have to see every room? You know, what are the rules here? I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, eventually, she said uh, she wanted to talk to to our daughter alone, which I permitted. And um, at this point, we had also called a third party in because we were a little nervous and we've had a bad experience with Glasgow police before. So we called a third party friend to come over and just kind of you know be here as a witness. So um, the worker spoke to our daughter on the porch. And our daughter had said to her that she had taken 30 ibuprofen and drank toilet bowl cleaner at 3 o'clock. Well, now it's 10 after 8, and we hadn't seen any signs. She hadn't been sick, nothing that would suggest that she had done those things. But CPS suggested we take her to the hospital to get checked, and we agreed. We were like, absolutely. We're, it's all about her safety. We will do that. So um, we go to the hospital here locally, and at that point, that's when everything sort of kicked off. At that point, our daughter was demanding to be called a boy, to be called he, him, to go by a different name. And um, everybody was kind of taken aback by the whole thing. And I kept and, telling them. And at the hospital, oh, did, did it ever did it ever get confirmed if she did ingest anything or if, if uh, she was just kind of making up stories? Had she kind of had a history of making things up, kind of attention-seeking? Yeah. yeah, she had a history of attention-seeking behavior and um, telling lies. And at the hospital, she was given a blood test, and it was proven that she had none of those things in her system at all. Wow. But because it was a suicide threat, they put her on a, um, a three-day, uh, 24-hour supervision hold. And so at that point, I'm going to the hospital every day, and um, I'm interacting with the nurses and stuff. And then things at the hospital started happening, like the hospital put an aide outside her door who was talking about being non-binary and how she herself was going to have top surgery. Wow. Hold, hold that thought, Krista Colstead. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, very interesting stuff. You said that hospital visit is what kind of kicked off everything. So what did it kick off? What did it set off? Stand by. We'll come back to you right after this. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And these polls, Trump has now increased his lead over Nikki Haley in New Hampshire, according to the results of the latest Suffolk University Boston Globe tracking poll. Trump at 52 percent, two percentage points higher than he had when he polled the first two days of the poll. Haley, meanwhile, dropped uh, a percentage point, landing at 35. Uh, Governor DeSantis, who I don't really think is going to be competing in New Hampshire, is a distant third at six points. Uh, my guess is he's probably going straight to South Carolina, where, you know, for a lot of candidates, South Carolina becomes do or die. Now, Win, lose, or draw, uh, South Carolina, that primary is going to be very important to Nikki Haley because that is her home state. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here.
Does your current trophy wife want a life insurance policy three times the size of your previous mistakes? Relax and call Big Lou at Term Provider. Big Lou says if you're in your 50s, even a bit porky, a $1 million term life policy should only cost about two to 300 bucks per month. Call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He likes trophies, too. For affordable life insurance, call 800-529-2856. Doctors take field of greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you. Too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take field of greens. The fruits and vegetables in field of greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code radio at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code radio at fieldofgreens.com. product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Triple eight, the letter Y, refi 24. Tell them Sean Hannity sent you. And as always, do your due diligence with any investment. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, I definitely, I know we've only got a quick uh, couple of minutes, quick few minutes left here this hour of the show, and then another guest coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. But I want to get uh, Christy Colstead back on the show with us next week because, of course, we're, we've got a busy week with the SHOT Show going on. But I want to get Krista Colstead back on, uh, especially in the 9 o'clock hour of our show next week, to talk about this more very well-spoken. So, Krista you know, just because we're short on time. So long story short is so that the state basically takes your daughter from your home. They place her in a program down in Wyoming where they start socially transitioning her as a boy and and she's wearing a chest binder, which can have medical side effects and can be very painful, as I understand it. Uh, and so can have side effects down the road. Uh, and and the con- the concern that, that you guys have is, wow, we just had our daughter taken from us, and now they're they're fully like indoctrinating her in this transgender ideology. So it sounds like your question is, how do we ever get our daughter back? And how many other kids could this happen to in Montana? And why is this happening in Montana when we have laws on the books that have been put in place to protect parents and to pr- protect kids? Obviously, there's still major problems potentially within our DPHHS. Correct. And, and that's our point. Um, as I said, like, how do we come back as a family from this incident? You've allowed her to socially transition, and it's not something that we believe in. We, you know, spiritually, not religiously, it's against our core values. So now if this, this child, you know, returns to my home and we're not okay with her presenting herself as a boy, what shambles have you left our family in? And we're talking about a system that has, what, a $3.5 million budget? It's their responsibility to mend families. They should have done better regarding this issue. Well, and that's the question I'm getting from a lot of people is, hey, wait a minute. Given the change in state government in Montana, given the additional laws on the books, how is this even happening in Montana? Now, uh, apparently your daughter got pulled into a program in Wyoming but is now back in Montana. But there can, whatever program she got placed into, they're still doing the, the chest binders and the social transition. And, uh, you know, kids are going to go through tough times, but but they should be helping kids through tough times, not saying not not embracing something that can cause more harm down the road, which is what they're doing. It sounds like, again, I don't know their side of the story. I, I'd look forward to hearing their Correct. side of the story as well here. And but. Then, right. And then also, um, 
you know, it starts by the, the changing of the pronoun. So once you've allowed someone to present themselves as a male, you've already opened the door. So then, you know, you go on with things like our daughters had shaved their head as a haircut. I mean, and they're, they're, um, the constant stance of DPHS is, well, she has rights as a 14-year-old. And I'm like, okay, but we're her parents. We have rights to say, you know, that's going to be a terrible haircut. You're going to look really bad. Let's not do that. We also have rights to say, you're not going to wear a chest binder. There's medical complications from a chest binder. Yeah. Yeah, why are they causing medical? And that's to me where where they're really crossing the line is they're doing something that could cause potential long-term harm, for sure short-term uh, medical harm, but could potentially cause long-term complications. When, you know, women who have breast cancer that have to get breasts uh, removed, there, there's a reason they have to do that. There's a bigger threat of breast cancer. But 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 they will tell you with this radical transgender ideology that, w- that when women get their breasts removed, there are complications. It affects your body in so many different ways. Correct. And our, our, our stance is simply, she's a child. She's a child that has problems. Why are we not addressing the problems first and treating, you know, why, why are you not looking at someone and saying, why are you so unhappy with your life that you want to change everything about you, including your sex? Why haven't we started there? Why we just jump to, okay, you can be a boy and everything's going to be great. Yeah, and I wonder, how do they treat uh, multiple personality disorders or people with schizophrenia that think there's something else or multiple other things? Do they embrace it or do they try to help them through it, right? Why is this uh, something that, that, that may be different? Krista Colstead, uh, great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your, your tough story. Um, like I say, let's talk again. I got a busy week this week, but let's get you on the sh- on the, our, our 9 o'clock hour next week to talk in a little bit more depth. And hopefully we have some more developments, including a response by the state uh, then as well. Okay, uh, big show coming up next. Securing America. Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq, where the bulk of U.S. forces in that country are stationed, was targeted Saturday by ballistic missiles and rockets launched by Iranian-backed militants in western Iraq. Deputy National Security Advisor John Feiner discussed the situation Sunday on ABC's This Week. It was a very serious attack uh, using a capability of ballistic missiles uh, that pose a genuine threat. Finer adding, you can uh, be sure that we are taking this extremely seriously uh, and we'll have more to say about it soon. Houthi attacks on merchant ships in the Red Sea and American strikes against Houthi positions also continue. Finer says the American effort to reduce the Iranian-backed Houthis' abilities will take patience. We are taking down, taking out uh, these stockpiles so that they will not be able to conduct as many attacks uh, over time. That will take uh, time to play out. President Biden said last week American strikes haven't totally stopped the Houthis yet, but that the strikes will continue. Kevin, you ask me, Fox News.